there is Simon Trevoranis. Hello, Devin Wilkins. And hello to everybody out there, and welcome to Insight Peterborough, um, which uh, is a show, uh, a project uh, presented by the Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council of the Council of the Blind, and and big idea at the Innovation Cluster. All right. We have something interesting to start the show this morning. Simon, yeah. you remember a couple of weeks ago we played um, You Are My Sunshine and Rickety Tickety Tin, by, and, and it was sung by a screen reading program called Deck Talk. I had a really good laugh about that. <laughs> well, I think you'll enjoy this one. It is Christmas, and it's Ding Dong Merrily on High. Here we go. Thank you. 
That was Frank Leahy, who was a local boy. Of course, we all know the Leahy family from uh, Lakefield. And uh, with the Christmas song. And uh, before that, we heard uh, Deck Doc singing Ding Dong Merrily on High. Very funny song. Yeah. All right. Um, with us, we're happy to have two people from People First. We have Daniel Lombardi and Philip Mekachuk. 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 Yeah. Yes. So, good morning, guys. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, we're doing well, thanks. Yeah. Uh, thanks for having us on. Yeah, well, good. Uh, Glad to have you. Uh, we're getting a little static there on the microphone. I'm not sure what that's about. It, oh, sorry. I think it's too close to the microphone. Yeah. Okay. Jeez, Phil. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so can one of you tell us um, uh, where people first uh, came from and how it uh, originated? So, people first in Peterborough, anyway, was co founded by uh, Susan Cooper and Nancy, Nancy DeRiver, sorry, in 1993. Um, and we, there's many chapters worldwide now, including here in Peterborough. And um, we are partnered with Commun Community Living Trent Islands, mm -hmm. United Way Peterborough, and uh, we tackle a wide range of issues regarding advocacy. And is this mostly for uh, uh, adults, uh, or uh, can uh, parents of, of children be involved as well? Phil, did you want to answer that? Well, I would say it's probably mostly adults, to, or people with disabilities. Um, just to advocate for pe with people with disabilities to have a life outside of the home, I guess, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, Dan. Yeah, um, parents can be, be involved as well. Uh, there's an associate membership, but to be a member of People First, you must have an intellectual disability. Oh, okay. Okay. So it's a, it's a community of people. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> Sorry. And what kind of uh, issues do you find that you have to advocate more uh, for? Um, is it attitude that uh, is the biggest thing? Well, yeah, attitude is the biggest thing also. Um, the language barrier with um, people with disabilities. And uh, we have so many things that we have to go through just to make ourselves be aware of what people are trying to be equalized in other people. So, yeah, we try to make sure that everybody is well aware not using the quote and unquote our word and other languages, yeah. st other stuff like that, right, Dan? Yeah. Um, I think attitude attitude barriers are quite popular. Um, it's something we're always trying to uh, make people aware of. And, again, we're trying to raise awareness about attitude barriers and, and other barriers as well. But, yes, I would say it's quite popular. And, and these are biases and... and phrases of speech that people use without really thinking about it and they and they uh, you know they can change their ways to be more inclusive with their language is that absolutely absolutely and we don't even think about it most times and we're not even saying that uh, us as members are perfect we slip up sometimes too but uh, it's 
It's about changing your uh, attitudes towards people with disabilities. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because there's there's quite a, a variation or variety of degrees of disability, uh, aren't isn't there? There certainly is. I mean, there's different disabilities that everybody will have to adapt to, like autism, cerebral palsy, and all the other disabilities that we see around other communities and in people as well. So we have to be well aware of our, our I don't know, what would you say, our uh, attitude then? Our community and our attitude towards um, our community also. Yeah, a community of people that want to be included. Yeah, and you know, we want to be included, so us as members should also be inclusive. Of course, yeah. So so how many members, how, how active is your Peterborough chapter of, of People First? Uh, right now, I do believe the last count we had was 36 members. 36 members? Yes. Wow. Holy cow. So, and hopefully we're still going by that. Yeah, we're always looking for new members. We're right now looking for um, a lot of younger members. Um, so we're hoping to grow in the coming weeks and coming months and years. Okay. So do you two hold executive uh, positions? Uh, are, are one of you the president or, you know, something like that of the chapter? Or are you members? <laughs> yeah. Well, I, well I, can, I can help you with that. Dan's the president as we speak ah. right now. So I'm on the board of directors, and we have different um, different. People on different types of everything on this board of directors, and of course the um, the members that we deal with on the board of directors. Plus, we have a treasurer and a secretary, and a liaison. It's crazy. So we are quite busy, um, as Phil was stating. I am the president, and um, we have six board of directors. Um, and we have a treasurer, a vice president, a um, secretary, um, a um, liaison. liaison that assists us through Camille Living Trent Highlands. Um, and uh, all this is made possible by funding through the United Way. They're a uh, really big partnership with uh, people first. Do you fundraise together with the United Way, or absolutely? Um, when fundraising is going on through uh, United Way, we assist them, and uh, when we fundraise, they are always key partners in making sure that they raise awareness that we're fundraising. Oh, very cool! Very cool. Strategic partnerships. I love it. What kind of fundraisers do you do? Well, we sometimes do, you know, other fundraisers. Um, I remember when I started, they were fundraising for a accessible swing at the Peterborough Zoo. Uh, oh, yeah, was, that was a good project. It was. I think that you guys raised about what? A couple we, hundred bucks? We um, donated $200 towards the swing. Um, we have done a chili dinner mm -hmm. annually. 
We had done conferences in the past. We have recently taken a break from doing those because there um, are a lot of work and take yeah. a lot of main hours. They sure are. So we have decided as a chapter to take a break from those. But we've also done um, open houses. We've done mug drives. We've done all different types of fundraising. We held a barbecue recently in August and uh, raised a good amount of money. Is there anything that goes on that is all of People First Ontario that, uh, you know, big fundraisers or big events that uh, that all the chapters participate in? So quite often we will get invited to go participate with uh, People First Ontario and even Canada as well to their AGM or to a conference. And that's all different types of chapters coming together and, you know, networking and... Uh, socializing and hearing what each other is up to yeah learning from everybody's best practices and yes yeah that's a great chance to do stuff like that yeah yeah right on definitely do you find it uh difficult to uh get employment um uh, opportunities for people who are in your organization well i wouldn't say it is not difficult but it is a little bit challenging to find the right person to help us out with um, with everything from being a treasurer to a board directors and Dan as a president, and we have a vice president, and it's just been it's been it's been a quite a good experience. Where I've been on the board directors for the last four years, and it's great to be on the board directors. But I personally like to move up in the world, but. I'm taking it slowly and work my way up. Yeah, you know, you don't always um, go right to the top. You have to start your way in the bottom (coughs) of an organization and work your way up, and that's what most people do. But I do feel like when talking with our members, um, they do find it difficult to find employment and the employment opportunities are not always uh, suitable for people with disabilities, and I'm hoping in the coming years and months that does change. I agree. It'd be great to be able to, to make some more inclusive jobs. Definitely. Do you talk to employers? I do. That's one of the things we do as advocacy is we will go to businesses and we will um, discuss why it is um, a good thing to uh, hire people with disabilities. Um, one of the really important um, companies that do hire a lot of people with um, disabilities is Tim Hortons. Oh. So they're a really good um, partner in hiring people with uh, disabilities. We had a um, person that owns several Tim Hortons in Toronto. I can't think of his name right now, but uh, he, he hires a lot of people himself with uh, people with disabilities. Right. Okay. If um, when you talk to a group of people or individuals, and you'd like them to change their attitude toward you what kind of things what kind of tips or pointers do you give them um aside from 
please don't call us, may I say it, retarded? Yes. Yes. What else do you say? Well, we were trying to say something positive than the old world. I mean, I did a, a video for film college a few years back, and it's going up back about four years before I graduated. Um, and uh, we tried to say something respective, like respect, uh, well, positively, sorry, just to use a respective language, like respect, we... Uh, we, um, as I say, respect and, and um, I don't know, respect and help each other out. I mean, uh, we've been doing it, I've been doing this for four years with people first, and and I've been through college to help out other people, so it is challenging, so. So I think, Phil, what you might be referring <clears throat> to is we did a, uh, a project where we actually focused on the R Word campaign, it was called. Mm -hmm. And we, one of the activities that we did was think of how many words start with R mm -hmm. that aren't the word retarded. Mm -hmm. Use any one of those words, even if it doesn't fit with your sentence. Rutabaga. Rutabaga, exactly. <laughs> I actually think that was on there. Simon, did you play? I didn't, but I would love to. All right. Well, we can do that sometime. So, you know, there are plenty of other words you can use other than that word. And so um, I, I would say for myself, things I always tend to say to people is take it one step at a time. Because if you try and change your, your um, language on one day, it's not going to work. Take it one step at a time. But in general, you want people to use the person first. I mean, people should be referring to the human being in the chair or the human being who has the dog. Is that all the case? Like, do people refer to you differently just because you're in a wheelchair or because you have a service dog? I mean, is that a the person first? That's who we, we're people, talking to the person, so we should people be... People first. Exactly. Yes. We want to be known as people first. So that gentleman over there in the wheelchair. Yeah. What, other than that person or the wheelchair over there with the person in it. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Like, we want to be known as people first. Yeah, and right? Devin, Devin isn't Frankie. No, I'm not, no. And my, <laughs> and my favorite part of Devin is not Frankie. You know? Yeah. Yeah, interesting. I used to have a, uh, a friend in Toronto. Um, this might uh, kind of uh, give you an idea of what we're talking about. And she used to say, my blind friend or my black friend. You know, we weren't Devon, who happens to be blind, or so-and-so, who happens to be black. And uh, I was forever trying to get her to change her attitude toward that. And see, one of the ways I would say to do that is one day at a time. Yeah. One day at a time. Mm -hmm. One interaction at a time? One interaction at a time. Um, someone said this to me, and I thought, you know, it really does make sense. Rome was not built in a day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. So um, one day at a time, one interaction at a time. I like that. Look how long it's taken. I mean, the International Year of Persons with Disabilities was 1981, and we're still working on it. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So absolutely you could also say one person at a time. 
right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Phil, I cut you off. Sorry. That's right. Yeah, it's true that we've been working together. You guys have been working on this since 1981. I've been working on this since, like, what, 2003, 2004, somewhere around that range. So. Yeah, you're a young man. Come on, 1981, Phil. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> You weren't around in 81? No, I wasn't, but I was born in 87. But I've been here in Peterborough trying to figure something out in yeah. 2003 and 2004. So here we go. <laughs> and, you know, I believe that the work that we're doing is going to continue long um, into our lives and long after we're gone. Yeah. And I really hope that, you know, people after us, generations after us, continue the hard work. Well, hey, that that was profound. We were talking about that earlier, but yeah, that's a profound thing to say. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and if there was a message um, that you could leave with people, what would it be? Ask. Uh-huh. If you're not sure or you have a question, ask. What's the worst thing that can happen? I don't feel comfortable answering that. Or no, I don't want to answer that. But if you don't ask, you haven't made that first step. Therefore, no. Therefore, you'll never know. Exactly. And everybody's asked me how I drive my wheelchair. And I just explain it to them quite easily. And I've been driving the wheelchair for almost 25 years. And they, some people don't ask. And that's one of the reasons why that what Dan said is true. Ask. Always ask a question, whether you're disabled or not. It's always good to ask a lot of questions about what the disability is or something else. So, you know, always ask. It's sort of like um, if you saw uh, somebody struggling to get across the street with a big parcel like I got the other day. It was a, a fairly big box. <laughs> And uh, so if they were coming uh, across the street, you wouldn't grab the parcel out of their hands without saying, oh, here, uh, may, I, may I help you uh, carry that or may I carry that for you? You'd, you'd ask first and, and then you'd take it from them if they said yes. So in, the, in that same way, uh, you know, um, instead of grabbing hold of the chair, uh, and deciding where the person wants to go when you don't really know, or grabbing uh, the arm of someone who is blind and steering them in a direction that you don't really know that they want to go there, uh, like two people did to me in Toronto hmm. years ago. I got off the bus, and I wanted to meet somebody on that corner, and there were two women. One grabbed one arm, and one grabbed the other arm, and and I'm putting on the brakes and shaking my head wildly and saying, no, no, no. You know, they didn't speak the same language that I did, but I thought shaking my head would get it across, and finally it did. But, yeah, you got to ask first. you got to ask the person first, really? Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Yeah, you can't just, you know, go decide that they're going to do what you want them to do. Someone actually made this point to me, and I didn't even think about it, and I'm in a wheelchair. They said, a wheelchair is an extension of your body. Mm -hmm. So if you're touching my wheelchair or another person's wheelchair without their permission, it's like touching them. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, a, it's an extension of them. Or my dog. Or your dog, yeah. right? Yeah. 
Very good point. Yeah. So um, I would say ask because if you don't ask, you'll never know. Right. Very good. Is there anything else that uh, you gentlemen would like to uh, say as we close this, this interview? We are having an information night um, and information day, sorry, um, but that people first will be holding. Um, it is on January 18th, I believe. I'll get back to Simon with the proper date um, if I'm wrong. But uh, we welcome the community to come out. It's at the Lions Center. Um, and we welcome you to come out, learn more about us, and ask questions. Oh, super. That's great. And uh, what from what time to what time? That is to be determined. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, keep in touch with us. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, when we come back on the 11th, because this is the last uh, day of the fall season, so um, we won't be back till the 11th of January. But uh, let one of us know, and uh, we'll be happy to announce that. Thank you very much. Absolutely. And thank you very much for, uh, for being with us, and uh, all the best of the season to both of you. Phil, thank you got you. something to say? Well, I would like to say something, even though it's almost the holiday season. And I usually say bah humbug, bye. <laughs> but, you know, this is almost Christmas, so I'm going to say this with a good closing note. Have a safe holiday. Make sure nobody gets run over by a car over, <laughs> over the point of the holidays, but you never know. Yeah. Some oh drivers don't look where they're going. Oh, Phil. <laughs> and have a safe Including you, year. right? Come on. Hey, I got hit by a car two years ago. So oh, nasty. <laughs> so enjoy your holidays, everybody. All right. Okay. And uh, while we uh, get our next uh, guest, why don't we play... Um, a song uh, that was talking about driving that was written by a fellow in New Zealand who does a lot of uh, computer work. He develops apps. Um, he explains various types of technology. He's a blind person, and his name is Jonathan Mosen, M-O-S-E-N, and uh, he is from New Zealand, and he's got a, a song called... Uh, what is it, uh, Simon? I want the Google driving car for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and here it is. Okay. Thank you so much, Daniel Lombardi and Phil Mechachuk. Thanks, welcome. guys. Okay, Google, take me to the pub. The pub is 13 minutes from your location by car and light traffic. I want the Google driving car for Christmas Only the Google driving car will do I don't like the bus I can't stand the train Cause sometimes public transportation really is a pain I want the Google driving car for Christmas My car can take my children to the zoo I thought I might like to ride a racing bike but I got too close to a car that snapped my cane in two I can see me now one Christmas morning checking out the tree and I'd find that Santa's elf brought a car that drives itself it would drive down to the pub with me 
I want a Google driving car for Christmas. Only a Google driving car will do. I don't want a droid or geeky Google glasses. I only like Google driving casses and Google driving casses like me too. Drive to the store when I get the urge instead of 3 a.m. so I avoid the Uber surge. I'd watch a drive-in movie, and when we arrived, I'd make sure that from now on they were audio described. I can see me now on Christmas morning. Check. Out the tree, and I'd find that Santa's elf brought a car that drives itself. It would drive down to the pub with me. I want a Google driving car for Christmas. Only a Google driving car will do. I don't want a droid or geeky Google glasses. I only like. Google driving casses and Google driving casses like me too. There we go. So that was Jonathan Mosen. I want the Google driving car for Christmas. Pretty funny. You know, it's it's kind of neat because uh, those uh, I have a Google Mini Home, a Google Home Mini. I knew I'd do that. Yes. <laughs> a Google Home. Many and it's it's kind of neat to to be able to say uh, Google uh, what's the temperature in Peterborough, Canada, or uh, Google call so and so. I can just imagine what one of those cars would be like. I, it's just a matter of time before we all have those in our houses, and they're they're what take care of our everything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Turn the heat up, please, a little bit. Yeah, or, that's or, right. Yeah. Could you please pass the salt? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so, Devin, do you want to do a little uh, Frank Lay again? Okay. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. All right.
headphones. Ah, there we are. Good. All right, so that was uh, Frank Leahy again with All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. Well, uh, a few months ago, we um, interviewed a gentleman who, uh, in fact, it was June, I think, that we interviewed Peter Field, who is the uh, who is the past president of the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. And now we have the new national president, Chantel Oaks, all the way from Vancouver. It is Vancouver, isn't it, Chantel? No, Kelowna. Kelowna, I, I knew that. Okay, Kelowna, yes. Um, all right. Hi there. How are you? And welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Um, I am having a little bit of difficulty hearing you, so I will do my very best. Okay. And that's we'll... better. Oh, that's better. Okay. Good. Yeah. I fixed it. <laughs> Simon has magic hands here. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. <laughs> so we were talking about the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is and what you do? The Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians is a grassroots organization which was formed in 1992, so we've been around for a few years. And basically what the intent was and still is very much is for us to speak on our own behalf about being blind or deafblind or partially sighted and how we want to fully take our rightful place in society in every meaning of that sense, whether it would be employment, whether it be recreation, your right to vote, anything that everyone else has the right to do as a Canadian, we want that same right. And I always say to um, folks when I, I, I try to speak about this, these things are not that I just mentioned, they are not privileges, they are rights. Because so often I've heard um, you know, we've we've done our best for you folks. We've um, we're trying the best we can to make sure everything is accessible. So it's also very much about accessibility. And I don't want to hear that. I want to hear you have the right the same as everyone else. So AEBC engages in um, activities such as public awareness. Um, we have several chapters across the country who in their own community tries to um, stay involved in whatever activities go on in their community and whatever changes they think might be necessary to uh, happen, such as transit issues, um, um, tra uh, not just transportation as in taxi, um, problems that they might encounter, mm -hmm. for instance, with guide dogs. I know that guide dogs is not our um, issue to battle, but as we are an organization of blind people, we take into consideration that it affects all of us anyway. And um, 
I, I see a lot of chapters um, get involved with uh, uh, audible traffic signals in their cities so that they can travel um, as easy as possible and as w without the stress that is added when you uh, may have so much trouble crossing a street, especially in difficult crossings that are very, very busy. Um, many aspects sometimes they're very simple things for instance in our chapter i remember going to council one time and saying you have um, updated our park you have constructed brand new washrooms and you know it looks lovely and it's going to be a nice area to be in in the summer but you've forgotten to label the doors so i won't know if mm. i'm walking into the men's or the women so it needs to be braille labeled so that I can figure out where I'm going. Done that simple before. Things, right? It sounds simple. So ABC is is here to speak on behalf of blind people, deaf blind people and partially sighted people to make sure that we access every advantage that society has to offer. Wow. So a advocating for what makes sense in your area, with ways to improve and to, to make the, uh, yeah, to, to, to fulfill your own rights, I suppose. That's, That's correct. Yes. And, you know, every province has different things that they, they do, or the weather is different, or, um, you know, the issues are somewhat similar. We, we see the trend, you know, audible traffic signals. Everybody needs those, doesn't matter where you live. Yep. Um, but every province has their own idea about who decides what and when and how expensive it is and all of those things have to be considered but yet i'm willing to bet that if i took away all the lights on the street today and said <laughs> they don't work today there would be a whole lot of people upset wouldn't there be yeah, yeah, yeah. that's for sure so you have a chapter there in Kelowna. Where else in uh, Canada do you have uh, chapters? We have chapters in um, the city of Vancouver. We have chapters in Toronto, Ottawa, Winnipeg, Montreal, and Halifax. The Vancouver area also has an affiliate of ABC. Um, at one time there were a few more chapters, but you know how things go. This this happens now and again. The chapter forms, and perhaps they decided that it wasn't sustainable for their area. But a lot of those members are still what we call members at large, as I believe you are one, Devon, because there is no chapter in your area, correct? That's right, and I might add yet. Hopefully, there will be Ooh. someday. <laughs> Would be nice. Yes, I'd like that. There's also one in Saskatoon, isn't there? Actually, yes. Yeah, Thank we don't want so to forget them. <laughs> uh, no, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> and we've uh, we've uh, uh, just um, begun a, a newsletter too that uh, that uh, kind of keeps. Uh, People across the country, whether they're in a chapter or in a a, a member at large, it keeps us all connected, right? Correct. And our first version came out in November. And thank you very much to Devin, who actually was the leader in this project. Ooh. Um, Devin, you've been after this for a long time, and it's finally happening. Yes. 
Yes. And um, we hope it, we want it to be quarterly. So now I've already started to tell a few. It's time for you guys to think about uh, what you might want to see in the next newsletter and also time to think about offering your assistance to get that newsletter out because I think it would be nice if, if different people came forward to help um, bring the, the articles together, to help edit and, and, and make sure that it uh, is a beautiful masterpiece like the one that you just created. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, yes, and this newsletter is actually posted on our website, so anyone, um, whether we are members or anyone from the public, can have a look at it. And what is the uh, website, Chantal? Info at blindcanadians.ca. Okay. Or, or www.blindcanadians.ca will yes, work too, eh? Blindcanadians.ca. Eh? Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Thank okay. you. There's so many addresses, sometimes you get I know. lost in the <laughs> shuffle. Yeah, that's right. So Either that or it's early in the morning. <laughs> oh, it is I very apologize. early for you. Yeah. I, oh, right, okay. Yes, you're three hours yeah. behind us. Yeah. Yes. So thank you for getting up this early in the morning to chat with us. No um, problem. I know, um, uh, do we have uh, government funding? I'm sorry? Do we have government funding or is it private funding? Oh, okay. We do not have government funding and have not had government funding in that sense for a long, long time. We did have one project which was provincial to British Columbia at one point a long time ago. And um, for a minute I thought you were asking um, for the purposes of everyone knowing that we have applied, we did make an application for government funding in May. Mm -hmm. And um, I am told we should be notified, as a matter of fact, between this, the 4th and the 11th of December. Ooh. So every day I keep looking at my email, <laughs> hoping yeah. and hoping that we will have word, although you know, we we aren't guaranteed, but um, I think it's our turn to shine. So let's stay optimistic that Definitely. we will receive that funding. Nothing like waiting, though, for the government to let you know whether you got funding. I really cannot hear you at all. Oh, I, I said there's nothing like wait, nothing like waiting to, to find out. Yeah. Well, no, and the reason we are anxious as well is because we have been self-sustaining for quite a long time and um, the way that we used to raise funds is not quite the way we raise funds anymore. For instance, we were quite successful as probably many were in the day. Door-to-door uh, uh, -door canvassing was oh. how we made some money back in the days and people were very generous. But today, um, folks would, you know, if I knocked on your door, you probably wouldn't open it. This isn't the way that we raise funds anymore it's not safe it's not you know people don't consider the, the way that they want they want the option of being able to research where they want to donate their money and rightly so um so we tried to engage in a couple of other fundraisers which would hopefully bring us uh, some funds we want to be able to uh, stay afloat for a few more years but if we don't start raising money this isn't going to happen and one 
other very important, um, one important project we're trying to make sure um, gets off the ground fairly soon is our website uh, reconstruction. It needs an upgrade. It hasn't had one in many, many years. And um, the unfortunately, we have to be mindful that, um, you know, it may not be sustainable much longer. And the thing that we have to remember about our website is it must absolutely must be as all websites should be accessible to everyone. Yes. Mm -hmm. So when we talk about accessibility, unfortunately, to hire the expertise that we need to be able to make that happen, it always costs extra money. So we've engaged in two fundraisers um, as of late. One of them is the Giving Tuesday program. As I'm sure most uh, people saw, the last Tuesday of November is always Giving Tuesday. And we um, decided, as a lot of organizations apparently do, this was our first time this year, but we rely on the information that we get from all the uh, promoters out there. and. Apparently, a lot of them run it through to the end of December. So every Tuesday until the end of December, we would like to encourage folks to keep giving if they can. And um, to to um, do that, you go to the uh, it's it's the Canada Helps web the Giving Tuesday website. And um, I'm just I was actually looking for the link just before you called. <laughs> Um, giving http slash slash giving tuesday dot c uh, hang on a second I'm, I'm just not getting this i've got two earphones plugged in here um we're looking for the giving tuesday website because i've got it here yes, H if you go to the giving tuesday yes and it's through canada helps um, I think Simon has it. Yeah, I've got Good. I've got Giving Tuesday up here. It's GivingTuesday.ca. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You, you will find the Alliance for Equality of Blind Canadians. If I gather you search by category there, whether it's health or education or whatever it is you want to give, uh, we are under three or four of those different categories. You'll find us. And um, yes, if. You know, we're hoping that the money, any funds that are donated to this program will go to our website project this year. Um, as, as well, we have begun the FundScript program that is spelled F-U-N-D-S-C-R-I-P. I know it should end with a T, but it doesn't. <laughs> the FundScript program is a program where you're asked to purchase gift cards and in return, the retailers donate to different um, organizations, charitable organizations. So where I, I actually um, looked at this program and what I found really unique is that, and helpful, hopefully, is that we're not asking you for money out of your pocket and you get nothing in return. So you will purchase gift cards for either to give as gifts or for your own purposes. Um, you can find cards that would um, uh, help you purchase 
anything from gas to groceries or any household items that you may decide to buy, restaurants, coffee shops, uh, beauty products, anything. It, it's There's over 200 retailers who across Canada have agreed to give back to charities and they give anywhere from um, 2 to 13, I think I may have even seen one a little higher than 13%, back to us, which is wonderful. They have promotions every month, so it sort of gives an incentive for you to buy those cards, but that's not what you normally would purchase, then you don't do that. But um, if you go to fundscript.com, you can register as a supporter and the code, you need an invitation code to our organization um, to, for you to register is, and it, it's all capital letters, the number two, M as in Mary, number six, and BUG, B-U-G. So with that invitation code, you'll register as a supporter. And once you've done that, it'll get you into the website. You can see all the cards and, and you know, be able to realize the benefit that you would be um, helping us with by buying your gift cards this way. I've purchased quite a few so far uh, for Christmas gifts, of course, but also to places I know I go to regularly, some restaurants, coffee shops, um, you know, the groceries I buy, and um, this way I don't have to care, well, I don't have to take out my debit card or my credit card for one thing, and as many blind folks know, there are many point-of-sale machines that are not accessible anyway, That's so right. if I hand them a gift card, I won't have that problem, and the problem of having to get someone to help me put in you know, try to figure out how I'm going to buy my products because their point of sale is not accessible. That is not to say that they shouldn't work on that aspect, but I'm just saying that at times it is um, a little less stressful. And so we're encouraging folks to use the FunScript program. That's going to, so far, we're going to run it for a year and see how we do and, um, you know, leave it running if it it's successful for us it's apparently successful for others and i would encourage everyone to uh, try it and see if you like it there are several ways that you can pay for these cards once you're on the website you'll see all that and the uh, funds that we will raise for um, from the fundscript program will be for operational funds such as um, paying for bookkeeper uh, conferencing system um, just anything that the organization needs, insurance, you know, pay the bills so the lights can stay on, so to speak. Yeah. Very good. All right. We're just about uh, out of time. So just let's uh, review those websites again. Uh, for the Giving Tuesday, which is good till the end of December, it's givingtuesday.ca. Yeah. .com. Uh, yes. .com. Okay. And then for the fun script uh Fun script uh, website. What is it, uh, Chantel? Go to fundscript.com, F U N D S C R I P, and register as a supporter with our invitation code, all capital letters, 2M6BUG. And all of this can be found on the website as well. The uh, 
the information yeah. about the Fundscript uh, gift card program is on the blindcanadians.ca website. And we're also advertising on Facebook. So if any of you do Facebook, please share our pages and on Twitter as well. Very good. Terrific. Chantel, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate this. And uh, good luck with everything. And uh, hopefully we'll someday soon have a chapter here in Peterborough. Thank you for having me, Devon, Simon. I really appreciate the opportunity, and you guys have a good day. You too. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. 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 All right. That was uh, Chantal Oaks all the way from uh, Kelowna. And are we out of time, Simon? We are nearly out of time. We've got uh, 40 seconds or less. All right. Well... You folks out there, have a Merry Christmas, too. We're finished uh, until January 11th, but we will be back then, and we'll be talking with somebody from the Alzheimer's Society, among other things. Very good. So take care, and Merry Christmas, Simon. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all that fun stuff. Yes. All righty, then. Bye for now.